is going on, KS Nation? It's your boy Kendrick Ray, the Dreadmark Blurhead Black, with another pod episode. Hopefully, you guys have been enjoying your um, month of October for the most part. Uh, it seems like this month is actually kind of flying by pretty quickly, considering where I work, there's literally like no days off this month. So, I figured, <sighs> might as well use this time kids at grandma's house so this gave me a chance to actually sit down and get this show out to you guys a little bit early there's a lot to talk about for the most part since my last show um many things to discuss so we're gonna try to get through this docket as best and comprehensively as we can so in any case let's get into the biggest the biggest piece of um uh, news going on outside in the world right now and that is of course the Israeli Hamas war that has been taking place over in the Middle East um many of you guys have been checking it out on TV you've been watching whether it's certain news outlets or even on social media as opposed to like Facebook Instagram TikTok you know X formerly known as Twitter all those things um for those of you guys who aren't really familiar, the Israeli-Palestinian conflict is a complex one. It's been happening uh, for a number of years now. Um, situation stems from the fact that um, Israelis and Palestinians both claim the land of Israel slash Palestine as their homeland. The conflict, you know, has been a thing for the from early, since the early twentieth century. Um, the Zionist movement began to advocate for the establishment of a Jewish homeland in Palestine. The Palestinians, who were the majority population in Palestine at the time, opposed the Zionist movement and its goals. Back in 1947, the United Nations voted to partition Palestine into two states, one Jewish and one Arab. The Palestinians rejected the partition plan and the Israelis accepted it. In 1948, the Israelis declared independence and the Arab states invaded Israel. That war ended in 1949 with the Israelis in control of most of the territory that had been allocated to them in the partition plan. The Palestinians, however, were displaced from their homes and became refugees. From 1948, the conflict continued with periods of violence and periods of relative peace. We've seen throughout the years, especially if you're around my age, or actually it doesn't even matter what age you are, you've been pretty privy. I've heard, I've heard stories here and there about conflict between Israel and Palestine. So for a lot of you, this is nothing new. You're probably just paying attention more to it now because it's in it's coming out to a lot more outlets. Um, there have been six major wars between Israel and the Arab states, and some of them were smaller conflicts. Uh, the most major one most of us can probably remember is the one in nineteen, excuse me, in twenty fourteen, which was the Gaza War, which only lasted for fifty days and unfortunately resulted in the deaths of over two thousand Palestinians and seventy three Israelis. Um, there is no easy solution for this. Um, both sides have legitimate grievances. The conflict has, has had a devastating impact on the lives of millions of people, and it continues to be a source of instability in the Middle East. Um, I know as far as it stands, if I'm not mistaken, the current death toll in terms of the Palestinians is well within the 2000s as well. Um, Hamas, of course, which is the radical group within Palestine that is seeking to liberate um, Israel for um, all the native Arabs and the Palestinians. Um, many of them um, come to the conclusion or are making the assumption that Hamas essentially is another form of ISIS. It's another form of a excuse me, ter terrorist group. Um, many of the conflicts that have been propping up lately is whether is they are trying to decide who's right whether it's israel or palestine many of you guys know that israel is kind of like a sister or let me let me use the correct term here israel is a hmm, 
what's the word I'm trying to look for here Israel is a, is essentially a contact of the United States um, we do lend support over to Israel from time to time um, or at least the American government tends to lend help over to Israel from time to time as they see fit um, majority of the divide stems from the effect that there's people who are siding with Israel and people who are siding with Palestine um, many people are aware of the Gaza Strip this is where many displaced um, Palestinians and Arabs are stationed there and the Strip itself is not very long is not very big so unfortunately majority of the conflict that is take that is taking place over the past couple of days has happened on the Gaza Strip um, I've seen videos of people pleading for help um, I just saw one clip the other day um, I believe the gentleman is um, Israeli and he talked about how he had been waiting on pins and needles and majority majority of refugees right over there are they're waiting on pins and needles to hear whether or not relatives or friends who are caught within a conflict how they are doing um i didn't catch the gentleman's name in the um report but you know he had mentioned that he had gotten news that i think believe his young daughter had been killed in a conflict and such as the nature of war and conflicts like this he he was actually i mean mentally he was okay with the fact that she had died um many of you guys who are familiar with the nature of war and conflicts like this is where you know oftentimes people are people lose their lives but oftentimes thing worse things happen to people who are caught in this conflict which is what many people have the word to say and that is they're either being held against their will they are captured they are tortured abused you know graped all that stuff um the conflicts of war have always been pretty sound on situations like that so in this gentleman's mind the fact that his young daughter had passed away is actually a comfort mentally for him because at least he knows she's not being tortured or made to suffer for a long period of time and it makes and it and it makes you wonder especially who as a soldier and more so as a parent you know me and my wife have talked about this a number of times where you know if a situation came up where your child was abducted and for however long your child was gone for you're, you're just sitting there ready to crack and like just so many ideas running through your head of what could be possibly happening to your child um a friend of hers had mentioned that if she was ever in a situation where any of her kids was kidnapped the most she would hope for is that the kidnapper would take her child's life and and I know it's a hard thing to think about, you know. I'm so I'm I'm kind of going off of topic here, but just indulge me for a second. Um, and it's just one of those things you think about, you know. If you are a parent, you know, or if you're a parent or a guardian, maybe you have, maybe you're in the charge of a young child, um, whether it's a foster child or adopted child. Or maybe you're in the charge of your younger siblings. Say you're much older and you have like child siblings and stuff. And you run a scenario in your mind on whether or not, what would you do if your child was abducted or kidnapped? Like, what would you want to happen? You know, it, it is interesting that I'm talking about this now because, you know, there's a new show, there's a new series on NBC called Found. And it centers around a main character who her who herself was kidnapped and abducted at a young age but was able to escape you know and as she grew as she became an adult she created an agency that helps in 
the finding of missing and possibly abducted children. And it's one of those things where it's like it kind of highlights the fact that more often than not, police, the your local police, you know, oftentimes do not, not to say that they don't take situations of kid, child, missing children or child kidnapping seriously, but it's like the resources often tend to be stretched very thin, so they can't always devote their time and energy to that. This is why certain institutions or agencies are created that can help with that because if they have all if they can focus all their resources into finding missing children or children who quote unquote won't run away or are abducted then they can lead to better results but you know turning back to the point is one of those things where it's like you know me who who's the father of a of a little girl you know she's she's 14 months she's a little girl you know and and this thing and it's, and it's every day I think, you know, what would I do? How will I handle a situation? You know, God forbid she ever gets you know abducted or kidnapped. You know, what would be my first thing to do would be to go to the police. You know, obviously, but what I just try to go track her down, my dad on self. <laughs> you know, and to th and and these days. I mean, honestly, these these days, you know, people who are abducted, not even just children, but anyone who is abducted, usually is trafficked. That's 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 pretty much the going consensus right now. Like, it's very few instances where um, individuals who are kidnapped are just automatically killed, you know. Um, but you know, more often than not these days, I mean, and it might be because that's the only thing we really hear, you know, out in, in the, in the, the media, but like more often than not, that's pretty much the biggest, <clears throat> that's the biggest, um, racket right now is child trafficking, sex trafficking and things like that. And in my mind, I would rather you know, I would rather my daughter be, you know, succumb to, you know, I I mean, I, I hate to say it, but I, I would rather her life be taken away than for her to be abused continuously, you know, over the course of how long, you know, you know, I think it's funny, I think back to um the last Rambo movie that came out and the one of the plots centered around the fact that um his niece was tricked by her supposed friend and was eventually and was essentially trafficked um rambo was able to rescue her by the time but by the time he was able to grab her and essentially bring her back home she had been abused so much and drugged up so much that she she ended up dying spoilers by the way if you haven't seen ramble last blood um spoiler i should have mentioned that before but that's what ended up happening that was pretty much the crux of the um plot on that movie that he um didn't get to her in time you know and she had suffered so much that her heart just gave out <laughs> he of course got his revenge of course I, I mean at the end of the day you know rambo was rambo and he gonna get his revenge so he got it, but it's the simple fact that, like, you think about situations like that, and um, you know, and I and I feel for this man. You know, he's you know he, of he of course is completely heartbroken because he lost his child. But you know, in the grand scheme of this conflict, you know, for him, it's better that his child's life be taken rather than her body just completely violated. You know. But um, just to jump, just to jump back on topic here, um, as I mentioned before, the conflict has had an impact on everyone involved, Israel, Israelis and Palestinians alike. Um, Jerusalem, of course, is a holy city for both Jews and Muslims. Israelis claim that Jerusalem is their capital city, while 
the Palestinians claim that East Jerusalem is the capital for their future state. Um, Palestinians demand the right to return for the right demand the right of the return of all Palestinian refugees who were displaced in their homes in 1948. The Israelis, of course, reject the right to return, fearing that it would lead to a demographic shift in Israel. The Israelis have built hundreds of settlements in the West Bank, which is territory that they have captured from Jordan in the 1967 Six-Day War, and the Palestinians view the settlements as illegal and an obstacle to peace. The Palestinians demand the establishment of a state in the West Bank, Gaza Strip, and East Jerusalem with the 1967 borders as a starting point. The Israelis are willing to seize some territory in the West Bank, but they want to keep control of major settlement blocks and the Jordan Valley. Um, the, as mentioned before, this situation is complex and is not at the same time. And I know one of the biggest, you know, complications in this is trying to figure out who's right in this. As I mentioned before, Israelis believe they are right. Palestinians believe they are right. But I think we can all agree that Hamas is a cancer that needs to be cut out. You know, if there's a way for the Israelis and the Palestinians to reach some sort of agreement that is beneficial for everyone, then it'll be worth it. But Hamas continues to fan the flames of war um in fact the latest thing which was which happened on friday the 13th was they were calling for a nationwide i believe it was like a nationwide stalling of um um you gotta give me a second i gotta look this up find it right now but there was like a like Hamas up you know up the ante on Friday the 4th and calling for you know the dealing of any Israelis of any kind all over um I remember I heard co-workers saying that police were you know stationed at many um schools that were you know held a lot of you know Israeli students or Jewish students. Um, I I live here in New Jersey, so there's a lot of Jewish people that live here in New Jersey, and there are a lot of sections in New Jersey that have strictly Jewish schools in there. So a lot of police stations were stationed over there. So this conflict is not going to be ending anytime soon. As far that's that's the way I see it. Um, it's complex and difficult, and at the end of the day, there's no easy easy solutions. I mean, both sides, Israeli and Palestine, have um, legit grievances. I'm not talking about Hamas. Um, and it's going to create instability in the Middle East. So who knows what's going to happen? And considering the fact that there's a little bit of instability here in the United States, there's not much we can do, even though the American government is going to be... I believe the American government has been sending aid to Israel. So there's that, and plus there's the going, as I mentioned before, this going conflict of who's right and who's wrong. You know, to me it looks like it's a battle of who is the lesser of two evils. You know, I mean, at the end of the day, Hamas has to be stopped because they've been an issue for quite some time now. So we're gonna keep we're gonna keep up with this story. Of course, a lot of us are gonna be keeping up with this situation as an as it continues to unfold and. We're going to see where it goes, guys. Um, You guys let me know what you think about this whole Israeli-Palestinian um, conflict. And what do you think 
the results should be and what do you think they are going to be and we can keep that conversation going now next on the docket is something <sighs> I'm gonna be completely honest I'm gonna be completely honest here I have done a fairly decent job of not talking about Will and Jaden Will and Jada Smith Will and Jada Pinkett Smith I've done a pretty decent job and not really delving into that drama because that's really all it is it, it's, it's it's simply drama and even since the pandemic it's been nothing but more negativity and more negativity within this whole um, marriage um but for some reason Jada doesn't seem to want to keep it in house that's that's just my thoughts on the situation you know so as many of you guys know um Jada released a book a memoir of course called Worthy if I'm not mistaken I believe the memoir is called Worthy and she recently just had an interview last week um talking about certain aspects of the book um for a lot of us we we were privy to the revelation that Will and Jada have actually been separated since 2016 I mean I guess they hit it fairly well but they've literally been separated like separated separated since 2016 not divorced but separated um they these guys these two have been married for 25 years um and on the surface, especially in the beginning, it seemed like everything was cool because we weren't privy to what was going on behind closed doors. But as time went on and social media continued to evolve, and then we were introduced to the Red Table Talk, a lot of things were revealed. And we all are aware that back in 2020, Jada revealed the entanglement situation with August Alsina, and she actually revealed it in front of Will while on the Red Table Talk. It's of course you should be reminded that they were separated around the time of the entanglement, so I guess there's no harm, no foul, I do not know. Um, since then, the couple has been open about their problems and their issues, and they've been stated, they've been stated as saying that they have been trying to work through their issues. However, Again, in that recent interview on the Today Show, which happened last week, that um, where Jada revealed that her and Will have been separated since 2016, it pre she's pretty much saying that they they're that they're exhausted in trying to work out their relationship, but they still want for some reason want to remain a family. I've heard, you know, recent I've heard over time that you know they've been trying to find ways to fix the relationship but they also don't see any real reason for them to divorce because they don't believe in divorce or in and stuff like that it's it, it's it's all madness if you ask me they still have love for each other but i do not believe they do love each other um again this is a it's, it's a very very confusing situation here it's not but it is you know she did also let us know that around the time when word was starting to get around that they were going to be separating or that divorce was probably in the future chris rock had actually offered to take her out and i believe at the time chris rock had just divorced his wife um she declined of course and I think many are believing that that's what led to the joke at the Oscars that got him smacked by Will. Jada is even saying that she thought Will smacking Chris was some sort of a skit of some kind. I would say take that with a grain of salt. The biggest grain of salt you could, <laughs> you could find, honestly speaking. But, I mean, I don't know. Like, And I'll even admit, you know, I thought it was a skit too. I mean, to me, it didn't seem like he barely touched him, but apparently it did. I thought it was some kind of 
I really thought it was some kind of skit also until he started cursing on stage and I'm like, okay, what is going on here? Um, we haven't really, I mean, Will has, you know, done things social media wise. I believe he has a YouTube channel and stuff and he's posted up things here and there, but it can be, it can't be argued that Jada has definitely done a great deal of talking over the past couple of years. And while it's easy to paint Jada as the villain of this story, we we have to be honest here and we gotta say that both of them are at fault. At the end of the day, Will went into this thing with one idea and Jada went into this thing with a different idea. We've all heard the story about how Jada never wanted to be married. Um, she only married she only got married to Will because she was pregnant with um, Jaden. Um, Jada's mother said it was the right thing for them to do. You know, standard, classic, you know, older generation black people ideology, things like that. Um, I think what I think what ultimately doomed this thing from the start is, like I said, they both had this idea of what this was supposed to be. And both of them were wrong. Now, it doesn't help the fact that they're still together when they should honestly really divorce. You know, it, it it's it's twenty twenty three, guys. It's it's twenty twenty three. It's okay to admit when something's not working. If a lot of us are willing to quit. Even if it means quietly quit from a job, if a lot of us are willing to quit jobs that we know is not beneficial to us, that is killing us on the inside as well as outside, it's okay to admit when a marriage is also killing you too. You know, um, again, you know, a lot of us, like I said, are painting Jada in a negative. Like we're painting her as the enemy, but she's honestly just being herself. Is she? Uh, does she have some narcissistic tendencies? I I can I can agree with that. I can agree that Jada most likely has some narcissistic tendencies, but that doesn't necessarily necessarily make her the bad guy all the way. Again, if it were up to me, if I could talk to both of them, I would just be like, look, file the divorce papers. Like you, Jada, you go live your life. Will you go live your life? You know. Because both of you, at the end of the day, are not helping each other. You're really not. Your kids are grown. Your, your, your kids are grown. And they've been living They've been living their own lives since they were kids in the first place. So I'm pretty sure the kids are going to be okay. You know, Jada can go off and do whatever she wants. Will can go off and do whatever he wants. You know, you're adults, guys. You know, you're adults. So to me, just, just in this situation, I mean, but... I will say this. I, I am tired of Jada just sharing all the stuff that probably doesn't need to be shared with the general public. At least not until later on in life. Like if they were if they were divorced, if they had gotten divorced instead of just separated, I think all the stuff that Jada's talking about right now would have been maybe not okay. But at least a little bit more tolerated. A little, little, little bit more tolerated to the general public. Because, you know, it's the, <clears throat> I mean, the fact that you guys are still married, just living your separate lives, but the fact that you guys are still married doesn't really help the situation. It doesn't make it any better. Do yourselves a favor. Just, just I mean, call it, just, just call it guys, just call it. And I, and I had said that on Facebook when, you know, the articles started dropping about her telling this stuff on that um talk show is like it's time to just go ahead and call it you know you don't want to spend the rest of your life just resenting each other and putting on a facade for the people just because we already know the truth this is the information age guys we can find these things out before you even mention it do yourselves a favor and do the rest of us a favor just 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 cut it just 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 cut it you know, cut it right now, you know, take the L's 
and just 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 keep it moving all right just keep it moving there is no shame in that there's no shame in admitting when something doesn't work out you know it didn't work out so let's just stop this madness right now and go on with our lives you know if will decides he wants to find another in another relationship which is apparently word on the street is that he's also guilty of you know having other relationships while being separated from Jada and I mean if that's the case then whatever you know but like don't don't keep the marriage or rather the idea of being married hostage because that's exactly what it sounds like. it sounds like they're keeping the idea of being married hostage and they're just lying to themselves when they could just easily just go their separate and live what remains of their best life. You know, it, it doesn't doesn't have to be like this. I mean the Oscar the Oscars was supposed to be Will Smith's glory. It was. It was supposed to be his glory, and now he's banned for ten years. You're banned from the Oscars for ten years, man. Like what? And granted, I don't even really care about the Oscars like that. I don't really care about any award show like that. But to be banned from the highest echelon of awards for 10 years is wild to me. It's extremely wild. And it's like, and it sucks that something like that has to happen on the night that you win. Something you've been waiting you've been waiting for this for the longest time and your night of triumph is always gonna be sullied with the night that you showed your ass, Will, and just like completely embarrassed yourself. So I don't know. I I, I don't know. Like I said, it, it's it's time for them to call it. It's time to put this whole thing to re to bed now and just both of them just go on and just live their best lives. That's all they can really do. Um, I would ask if you guys want to keep the conversation going, but I think like many of you, like me, we don't want to keep having this conversation. I think we're done with the Will and Jada Smith fiasco, so I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> um, as far as entertainment is, con is concerned, aside from the Will and Jada thing, you know, this weekend has been a pretty f interesting weekend. Not only is it New York Comic Con this weekend, which, you know, we said that we weren't going to be going to, we'll probably, we'll probably get back out to New York Comic Con, not even next year, maybe the year after that when our kids are a little bit older, but, you know, we're going to, we're going to wait a minute. We're going to, we're, we're going to wait a minute right now. Not to mention the strike is, the um, actor strike is still going on right now. So, you know, wait for that to get um, settled, you know, at some point, so, but, um, you know, New York Comic Con is going on right now, um, there's a pretty, there's a couple of different highlights that have gone down, um, I have a couple of friends that have been out, that are out there, I don't, only come have been out there a couple of days, some of them are out there this weekend, so I know they're pretty much having fun, but, um, there's been a couple of, um, panels and, you know, sections of, you know, Marvel has announced, um, a new series of Star Wars comics, um, which includes Star Wars Maze Windu, Star Wars Jango Fett, and Thrawn Alliances. It's interesting because we just wrapped up Ahsoka, which is a pretty decent series. At least a couple of the episodes within the series were pretty good. But um, I know Dave Filoni is hard at work within the lab trying to cook up some new stuff Star Wars related. Um, so I know a lot of us are going to be looking forward to what Dave Filoni is going to have in store for us. It was just great to see Hayden Christian back and for Finn to finally get the love he deserves as Darth Vader. I'm going to, again, I've said before and I'll say it again. I didn't think the prequel trilogy was bad. The only one I didn't really like was, um, Attack of the Clones, but the Phantom Menace I enjoyed and Revenge of the Sith I think is fantastic. I actually rather enjoyed the prequel trilogy as opposed to the sequel trilogy. Uh, we've all pretty much established that the Force Awakens, Force Awakens is like a remix of A New Hope. Um, the Rise of Skywalker could have been handled so much differently. The I mean, I think my favorite out of the sequel trilogy is The Last Jedi. That's my favorite, actually. 
you know, I, I dug what they were trying to do with it. But you've already heard me talk, talked about this already before, so there's nothing really new for me to tell. Um, DC announced a new crossover event called Crisis on Infinite Earth 2, which is going to be interesting. As well as a new Batman series, a new Superman series, and a new Wonder Woman series. Image Comics announced a new series for Eisner, for the Eisner Award winning writer Ed Brubaker and artist Sean Phillips called Pulp. Um, I know a couple of trailers dropped over the um, Comic Con. Also, we also we got a new trailer for the um, DLC of Omni Man for Mortal Kombat One. Uh, the trailer looked fantastic. Definitely lots of um, callbacks to um, the Invincible series. Which is also another thing we finally learned. Invincible, Invincible will be back on Amazon Prime as of November third. So thank God, because I know I know it was so it was slated to be back earlier this year, and then they just pushed it back, and we had no idea when it was going to drop. So to know that Invincible season two will be out on November third pleases me a great deal, and. Maybe I'm just super speculating, but I feel like I feel like they're either gonna set up for the Invincible War, or they're gonna take us into the Invincible War. I feel like that's the angle they're gonna go with season two. Again, I could be wrong. I could be ballparking, but that's kind of what the vibe I'm getting from the trailer that we got for Invincible season two. So. Um, you know, Lucasfilm is of course. I mean, is announcing. I mean, they've already. No, that, that's that's old news. Um, Marvel Studios kind of announced a couple things. You know, they talked about. Um, you know. Uh, um, uh, as many of you guys have probably heard, the entire production team of Daredevil: Born Again was let go. They were fired. So. I think the hope for a lot of us is that somehow, some way, they call the old crew back from Netflix's Daredevil and bring them on to write the new series. I would enjoy that greatly. I don't want them. I don't want Daredevil to be super, super MCU'd. I want old remnants of the Netflix show to come back into the series because that Netflix Daredevil series was awesome. It was great. Um. And that, that 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 was pretty much a new 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 trailers dropped and stuff. You know, you could catch them on um YouTube. I will say though, I am very confused, like very confused as to the scheduling of DLC for Mortal Kombat One. Um, Omni Man is expected to drop, I believe, November of this year. Um, you guys know that we're getting six DLC characters, of course. I'm not really quite sure of who the cameos are. I do know, based off the Omni-Man trailer, that Tremor is a cameo DLC. I believe Janet Cage. If you play, if you play the story mode game, then you know who I'm talking about. But if not, I'm not going to spoil for you. Janet Cage is going to be also a cameo DLC as well. The other main DLC characters are, of course, um, Homelander, Peacemaker, Quan Chi. Um, Ermac and Takeda Takahashi. But we are not going to get those characters. Those characters won't be released. In, in, will be released between November and like spring of next year. If you've played Mortal Kombat as long as I have, especially MK9, MKX, and even um, MK11. You know, when they drop DLC characters, they drop them all. All the DLC characters tend to be dropped around the same time. Unless it's a different combat pack. You know, the combat pack is where different characters drop. Um, so, I'm guessing they're just really trying to stretch out the longevity of Mortal Kombat 1. Which I can't, which I can't be too mad about, honestly speaking. Because, I'll admit... I haven't been playing Mortal Kombat much as, one as much as I've played the other Mortal Kombat. So that's only because I don't really have the time. You know, by the time I get home and I even think about wanting to turn on the PS5, I'm just too tired to do so. So, but 
I don't know. It is to, to me the schedule's weird for them to release a DLC like that. It's a weird type of schedule, but I guess Ed Boon knows what he's doing. You know, uh, I think the next thing a lot of us are considering whether or not it's going to be a, an expansion pack to the story mode. I I can see it happening, but at the same time, I don't think I want an expansion to the story mode pack. It depends on what the how the story is going to go. That's pretty much all I can say. So I guess we'll just have to wait and see. But I guess they're trying to stretch the longevity out of this game. You know, I will say this: come this coming Friday, <laughs> a lot of my PS5 time will be dedicated to Spider-Man 2. Okay, <laughs> it's going to be dedicated to Spider-Man 2. I've already pre-ordered it. So come midnight or. 12 a.m. Um, October 20th is going to be downloaded to the system and I am going to enjoy it. The I guess the premium edition where I can get all the extra suits and skins and stuff so yeah there's that. Um, but um yeah uh, I'm gonna uh, a lot of things for Comic Con are going to be wrapped up by the end of today so a lot more odd highlights will be probably um shown throughout the week so maybe i'll cover that in the next podcast episode who knows um moving right along to some wrestling news which is something i haven't really talked about lately um this past friday on smackdown marked the season premiere of smackdown actually um and it also marked the return of um the undisputed universal champion the tribal chief roman reigns who we haven't seen in about a month. It feels like we haven't seen him longer than that. But, you know, Roman Reigns finally made his um, return to SmackDown. Um, already already squaring up with the new Unified Tag Team Champion, Jimmy U- Jay Uso and Cody Rhodes. They had to stare down a bit. Um, more than likely, Rhodes is definitely going continue to continue to try to finish the story. And try to capture the um, undisputed um, WWE um, 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 World Heavyweight Universal Championship. Um, WrestleMania 40 is around the corner, so they'll probably lock it in for that. Who knows? But a lot of interesting things happen on this night of SmackDown. Uh, Triple H remained his return to um, live TV. Um, and he, um, named, uh, the general manager for Raw and SmackDown. So we're back to having general managers for Raw and SmackDown. For the longest time, we've only had the WWE official Adam Pearce. But now, Adam Pearce will now serve as the general manager of Raw. And new talent, Nick Aldis, who you guys may remember from NWA, will be the general manager of SmackDown. So... You guys know me well enough to remember that I was never a fan of the brand split. I was never a big fan of the brand split. But I figured if you're going to do the brand split, you have to do it right. And thankfully, you know, with the introduction of the World Heavyweight Championship on Raw, who currently belongs to Seth Rollins, um, I can see them at some point possibly splitting up the tag teams because it doesn't really... make any sense to have it still unified right now you know it's it made sense when the Usos were the undisputed um or the unified tag team champions but the Usos are not together anymore so it doesn't make any sense and considering the fact that um Kevin Owens has been switched over to Smackdown now essentially breaking up the team of Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn it just makes sense for them to split the tag team championships up again, you know. Maybe have some kind of tournament of some kind. Maybe at the maybe at Royal Rumble or something like that. Have a tag team tournament where, you know, teams on SmackDown and teams on Raw can vie for championships and, you know, do something like that because you know, as far as the bloodline is concerned, I don't think that storyline is over with. You know, you still have Jimmy Uso, Sol Sokoa, um, Paul Heyman, and of course the Tropic Chief himself, still the remainder of the bloodline. And with Jimmy Uso, I mean with Jay Uso on Raw, who knows what's going to happen. You know, right now there doesn't really seem to be any real legit direction for the bloodline, save for, you know, 
Roman Reigns, who now has come into the crosshairs of L.A. Knight. You know, since Reigns has been gone, <clears throat> SmackDown has been trying its best to create the next big superstar to possibly challenge for the um, Undisputed um, Universal Championship. L.A. Knight has been the one that has been receiving the greatest amount of um, pops over the past couple of months. You know, I've gotten on the um, L.A. Knight train, and I know a lot of people have too. And considering the fact that John Cena is back for however long he's going to be back until the set, until the actor strike is over, you know, the segment on SmackDown had um, Reigns confront John Cena. And John Cena officially said that he acknowledged Roman Reigns and that he wasn't challenging Reigns for the title because he hasn't earned it yet. He said that there is someone who has earned it and then, of course, enter L.A. Knight. So, a program with L.A. Knight and Roman Reigns is definitely going to be one that's going to be great for business. I don't see L.A. Knight winning the championship anytime soon, though. Um, I could, of course, be wrong. I mean, I guess in my head, you we gotta say we still have a couple more um, pay-per-views left. We just have Fastlane. Um, if I'm not mistaken, the next event is Crown Jewel. So maybe I doubt it, but maybe Ellie and I could capture the championship there at Crown Jewel. I highly doubt it. I, like like I said, I highly doubt. Ellie Knight's gonna can, is gonna win the championship anytime soon. I could very well be wrong, but we have Crown Jewel. Then of course we have the Survivor Series in November, and then um we have one more um we have one more pay per view before the year is out before January, and then we have um the Royal Rumble in January. So. As far as Ellie Knight is concerned, I am definitely happy with the fact that he is now in a program with the with Roman Reigns with the Tribal Chief. So this could definitely create a great war war of words um, over the next couple of months or so. Um, who knows? Maybe it'll create some kind of triple threat match between Reigns, LA Knight, and Cody Rhodes. Who knows what's going to happen? But, at the end of the day, um, who knows where th who knows where things are going to happen? Um, again, like I said, we have Crown Jewel at the beginning of November. Survivor Series is at the end of November. And then, the only, the only final um, pay-per-view for WWE is on deadline for NXT. And then we start back up again in January with the Royal Rumble. So, I can see the program with LA Knight and Roman Reigns stretching even well past um, WrestleMania. I can see that happening well past WrestleMania. Um, and I can see a lot of things happening in between them. So, it'll be interesting to see where the rest of this um, program goes, of course. Other highlights on SmackDown, of course, include Charlotte Flair and Jade Cargill meeting face-to-face. -face. And let me be the one to say that Jade Cargill is fucking gorgeous. So, they're obviously going to set up a program between the two of them. Um, who knows where that's going to go. Um, uh, Charlotte Flair and Asuka defeated Damage Control. Um, Santos Escobar defeated Montez Ford. I'm not really sure where this new Hurt Business is going. Um, <clears throat> if you follow me on TikTok, and even on um, Instagram and Facebook, and you've probably heard, and I probably talked about this on the pod as well, that I think if WWE is smart and if they play this card right, they can definitely set up, set up a great faction war with some of the stables we have right now. Of course, the, um, the Judgment Day, who seem to be in the top spot right now, the new Hurt Business, and of course, the Bloodline. Um, with, um... With Jade Cargo now part of the um, WWE roster, I can see her at some point maybe joining up with the new Hurt Business. That would, that would be my wish. 
of course you know of course we have um mommy um Rhea Ripley on the judgment on the judgment day um Nia Jax has returned of course she's on draw you know so who knows maybe maybe they do something where Jade joins up maybe with the bloodline who, who knows who knows what's going to happen and Again, this is just my idea in my head for a faction war, so I highly doubt that's going to happen. But, everything popping up right now, we're going to see what's going to play out. Um, Ellie Knight defeated Soul Sokoa that night, but he did catch a spear at the end of the night by Roman Reigns. So, I, I the only thing I'm really concerned about right now is the program between Ellie Knight and Roman Reigns. That's pretty much all I can tell you guys right now. So, um, let me know what you think about um. Uh, the WWE right now, I, I, I have tried on numerous occasions to give AEW a chance. I have tried. Um, with Edge being, with, um, excuse me, Adam Copeland being added to the roster at AEW. Maybe starting next year, maybe I'll start trying to give it a shot. I don't know, but as it stands right now. I mean, I mean, I kind of barely watch WWE right now, so for me to watch AEW is, I guess in my mind, just asking me a bit too much. But maybe I'll try to really give it a chance starting next year. Who knows? But that's all I got for Wrestle Talk. Um, just going back to um, um, Comic Con related type of stuff. Um, we got a trailer and some screenshots and a synopsis for the next installment in the Dragon Ball universe. Dragon Ball Daima, which is what it's called, is a spin-off series from Dragon Ball, which is set to be released in fall of 2024. This is, of course, celebrating 40 years of the Dragon Ball franchise, which is just crazy to think that this thing has been out there for so long. But it always finds ways to come back. It always finds ways to come back. Um... Many of you guys have probably already seen the screenshots and the pictures on Twitter and stuff. So, but the basic premise is Goku and the Z Fighters have been turned into kids, and now they must travel throughout the universe and find a way to get back their adult forms. Um, this, of course, is supposed to take place. If I'm not, this is supposed to take place like before Super. But not at the end of Dragon Ball Z. And many of you guys know Dragon Ball Super takes place like immediately after the Buu Saga. So immediately after the Majin Buu Saga, Dragon Ball Super kicks in. And Dragon Ball Super is supposed to take us into the end of Dragon Ball Z. So, this is supposed to, I believe this is supposed to exist kind of outside of that. Um... Again, like I said, this doesn't have any connection to Dragon Ball Super. Um, and I believe this is one of the things where it takes place right after the end of the Boo Saga, but right before the Dragon Ball Super Super series. It's weird. It's it, it, it it's completely weird. I know, I know. And a lot of people have been pretty much dubbing this Dragon Ball Super, but I mean, excuse me, Dragon Ball GT, but within continuity, as you guys are pretty much aware, Dragon Ball GT was not really, it's not Akira Toyama's original works. He didn't create Dragon Ball GT. He did, I think, do some drawing for it, and that's even highly speculated, but he had no direct involvement with Dragon Ball GT. And of course, within JT, the biggest premise centers around the fact that Goku is wished to be a kid again by Emperor Pilaf. And he has to travel across space to find the Black Star Dragon Balls to wish himself back to his adulthood before, or else the, I think the universe is supposed to be destroyed or the Earth is supposed to be destroyed. It's, it's very convoluted. It doesn't make any sense. But... It did give a Super Saiyan 4, so I will always thank Dragon Ball GD for that. Because I think Super Saiyan 4 is one of the baddest-ass designs of of any anime character I've ever seen. But, Daima looks to center Earth. Take place right at the end of the Majin Buu saga. Like, right after the fight with Majin Buu. And right before the start of Dragon Ball Super. 
and I don't know. It's um, I know many of us, many of us were hoping that they would just continue with Dragon Ball Super. I mean, Dragon Ball Super ended in twenty seventeen after the Tournament of Power arc, but the as you guys know, the manga itself is still continuing to go on. That I mean, right after the um, Tournament of Power arc, it jumped right into the Moro arc, and I believe right now it is currently in the Granola arc. So, a lot of us, myself included, was hoping that they were going to start animating that stuff. You know, the next thing we would get would be the Moro arc, and then, you know, the Granola arc. I mean, the Moro arc could have probably taken us from the time Super ended all the way up to now. But, I don't know. I don't really know what's going on with Dragon Ball right now. Um... The only thing I'm really looking forward to that's Dragon Ball related is Dragon Ball... Z Budokai Tenkaichi 4. That's the only thing I'm looking forward to. And we still haven't really gotten a lot of loose on that either, so I don't really know what's going on. But <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know. It's um It's a very weird time right now for certain pieces of um content right now. It's a very weird time. And I don't really know where a lot of this is gonna go. So the only thing I can really do is just sit back and wait for these things to really fall into place. Um, but luckily there's a lot of things that I can watch right now, and there's a lot of things that I'm currently watching at the moment. You know, Power Book 4 Force has been pretty decent this season. Um, Tommy and Diamond are expanding their reach in the game by, um, hitting up certain, um, spots in Chicago. Just recently they've been trying to cut off the Serbs from their supply and run the whole game, so... It's gotten interesting. Power Book 4 is definitely a good one. Um, as I mentioned before, Power Book 2 Ghost is still one of the best spinoffs from this from the series. Uh, Book 3 Raising Kanan, I couldn't really get into. I, I just couldn't really get into it. And of course, Tommy is the man. So of course, when Ghost, I mean, when Force came out, we were definitely going to be watching it. Uh, the new series, The Irrational, which is on NBC, is also another great kind of procedural type of um, series. Uh, Jesse L. Martin plays a man who understands human psychology and things like that, who's a professor who also works with the police. One of the main plot points is he's trying to solve a mystery of how, of what happened to him, because he actually has a burn on the side of his face after an explosion that happened on at a church that he was um um, attending it one night, and he's trying to solve the mystery of that, so, that's a good series that me and my wife have been watching, um, Quantum Leap Season 2 has been very interesting, uh, Season 1 left us on a cliffhanger, and Season 2 even came back with a bigger crazy, um, story, um, um, Dr. Ben Song, who has been the one who's been leaving this whole series, the whole series, um, left in the, in the series premiere and the season premiere only for him to find out that outside of all his leaps three years have passed they have shut down the quantum leap program and they've been trying to find him for three years um the woman he was engaged to marry has moved on with somebody else interestingly enough unlike the previous quantum leap um, series with scott bacula to me, and this is my opinion, to me, the stuff outside of the leaps is what's interesting. Like, watching the people who were part of the um, Quantum Leap program and things like that. Watching the present day stuff is cool. <clears throat> the leaps are awesome. The leaps are cool. They've always been cool. But to me, those aren't the biggest highlights of the series. It's the stuff outside of the leaps that are pretty cool. And this, and, and this season is no different, so I'm going to be very curious to see where the season goes. Oh, man. As I mentioned before, there's a new series on NBC called Found. Uh, we watched the two episodes today. This, of course, centers around a woman who has an agency centered around finding and rescuing missing children, either kids who are missing or abducted ever in a way. She is, of course, is a victim of child abduction. She was abducted as a teenager um, by a psychopath, kind of, some kind of guy. Some kind of crazy guy, played by Mark Paul Gosler, who I gotta admit is very does very well in the role. I'm very I'm very glad to see Mark Paul Gosler do 
different things, you know, as far as TV is concerned. And the basic premise, of course, spoilers if you weren't aware, like, as she got older, she, for some, she doesn't, it hasn't been explained yet, but she said, I found her captor, and she's, and she's been holding him captive, and she's been using him to solve all these missing people cases. So it's almost like, um, it's almost like the Silence of the Lambs using the criminal to help solve your case, or a better show to compare it would be um, Prodigal Son, which was just so on Fox, starring Michael Sheen, where um, Michael Sheen played like a serial killer, um, and but has a son who actually goes on to be like helps police solve serial killer cases, <clears throat> but goes to him for help. So it's kind of like that, and I'm very interested to see the rest of where the rest of the season goes. And so far, it's doing pretty well. To me, it's looking pretty well. Um, then, of course, we have Loki Season 2. And I'm just going to go on record and say that Loki has literally been the only saving grace of the MCU to date. There's no shame in my game. It's the only saving grace of the MCU that's dealing with the multiverse event is dealing with the multiverse event. You know, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 was great, but that's kind of like his own standalone thing. But as far as the grand scheme of the entire multiverse saga, Loki Season 2, or just Loki in general, is the only one pretty much holding vigil for the multiverse thing. You know, and Season 2 so far has been no exception. It started off with a bang with the first episode of Season 2. Um... The introduction of Oral Burrows within the scene. He's a great character. I love him so much. Um, the series—it's only it's only been two episodes, and the series has been fantastic. <laughs> you know, I tune in every week. I, I legit tune in every week to One Loki season two, and I hope the ending of the season is there's going to be a big payoff. I can't wait for the arrival of Victor Timely. That's going to definitely be interesting to see where how that aspect of the story plays out and. Yeah, I'm having a blast with Loki Season 2. Everyone I know who's watching Loki Season 2 is having a blast with Loki Season 2. Uh, then, of course, there's Gen V, which is another great spinoff of The Boys, of course. Um, there's Diabolical, but now we have Gen V. Gen V has continues to be a great series. And, of course, it's like a... It's like, you know, if the Scooby gang had superpowers. So they're all, like, trying to solve a mystery of what's going on at, you know the college that they all attend and not only dealing with standard teenage stuff just with superpowers so these are the things that i'm watching right now guys these are the things that have been keeping me engaged in tv and stuff so i don't know what you guys are watching but you guys can let me know what you guys have been checking out on tv and stuff there's a lot of there's a lot, couple other things you know that i'm that i need to get back to kenken ashura is a series i need to get back on netflix there's a couple of things I need to start watching too. Um, and there's a couple of movies I just need to check out as well because there's a lot of movies that I haven't really watched lately. So that's one thing I'm going to be looking to do over the next couple of weeks or so, especially when vacation vacation comes up. Especially in November because November, there's a lot of days I have off. So I'm going to be using a lot of that time to try to catch up on a lot of stuff. Um, but that's going to do it for me, guys, on this episode of the podcast. Uh, let me know what you guys think about, you know, the Hamas, um, Israeli situation, what you think about Jada and Will Smith, even though you probably don't really want to talk about it. Did you guys go to Comic-Con? And if you did go to Comic-Con, what did you enjoy most? I'm definitely going to be reaching out to a lot of my friends who were there at Comic-Con and let me know what they were excited about the most. Um, are you going to be checking out Dragon Ball Daima? I don't know if I am yet. I, I I don't know if I am yet, but um, I, I'll just have to wait until more is revealed about it. Um, like I said, the only thing as far as watching is, you know, I'm very invested in this LA Knight Roman Reigns program, and I'm interested to see where that goes. And then of course, I'm just gonna continue to watch these different shows and stuff until other shows come back. Um. Still haven't heard much about the um, SAG-AFTRA um, strike. I do know they rejected the latest proposal. I do know that. 
So I guess it's back to the drawing board for them. So who knows what's gonna go, what's gonna happen. Um, I know the right, we, we already talked about the writer's strike ending, so I'm not quite sure how that's gonna affect everything else. I mean, I guess they can kind of go back to the programs that were, the things that they were writing before, but without certain actors, I don't know how much that's gonna come to fruition. You know, but um, you guys let me know what you think. Um, we can definitely keep this conversation going. You definitely know where to find me as far as social medias and stuff. And we can just keep that conversation going from there. I hope you guys enjoy the rest of your weekend. I hope you guys gear up for the weekend are good to go. And I will catch you guys next time. I'm out. Peace. Peace.